Hey guys, it's me. Welcome to 2020. This is the first episode of the year for my best vintage life. I hope that you had a very relaxing holiday break and spent time with people that you love and care about. Uh, No matter what you did, I'm sure it was great. We're 15 days into the first month of the year already, the month's halfway over, so I hope you're feeling good about any resolutions you made or any changes that you made in your life. I myself just got back from vacation last Friday. I was out all last week. I did two days at the California coast and two days in southern wine country. It was pretty awesome. I won't lie. I could have stayed there probably like another two or three weeks, Um, but definitely a resolution of mine this year is to do more small trips like that. And just kind of take advantage of this very large state I live in. There are so many things on my California list that I still haven't seen. So very excited to slowly check those off the list. Um, The podcast has been doing phenomenally, despite me not putting out a new episode for over a month, almost a month. Um, So please continue to rate, review, and subscribe. If you want to give me a late holiday gift, I would really love a review Um, That just helps boost me up in the charts and puts me out there for other people to see when they're searching for podcasts. So if you've done so, thank you. I appreciate it. I definitely noticed quite a few new ratings. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate that. Don't forget to check out my website, mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. You can listen to the podcast directly on the site and you can do some shopping as well. Uh, Lots of cool stuff going on over there, and I'm actually working with a new marketing partner, Leanne, um, starting, well, yesterday, basically, so we're coming up with a new marketing plan for me, which is super exciting. I know nothing about digital marketing, and I know a lot of people are hardcore, like, into the social media thing, Um, and I think that's good. However, I do think that traditional digital and email marketing is really where it's at and I don't understand the guts of it she was asking me questions have you done x y and z and I was just like okay I haven't so this is probably a good sign because once those things are done I think I'll be in a really good place in terms of you know SEO and Google searches and stuff like that um, you know, it's obviously a very inundated market out there, the internet itself. So you definitely want to make sure you're coming up high up in, in search results. So super excited to work with her. Don't forget to check out Instagram and Facebook, my Best Vintage Life podcast. Um, I have taken a little bit of a break from the podcast Instagram, mostly just because I was on vacation and I kind of wanted to stay off social media, but I'm going to get back on the, uh, the wagon there. Uh, Let's see. Obsession at the moment. So while I was on vacation, I visited one of my favorite shops in San Luis Obispo. It's called Len Collective. Um, They actually moved into a bigger store. Not recently. I just haven't been out there in a very long time. So it was my first time seeing their new brick and mortar. And one of the things that I purchased was uh, the brand Boy Smells, a candle by them. And it's called Hinoki Fantome. Fantome, Fantome. I'm not good. I believe it's in French, and you know, French is just not really my my strong suit. Um, but it's in a black glass jar versus the other ones that were in clear, and it definitely has like um a Christmas slash churchy smell. I don't really like light floral smells. I like the heavier, uh, deeper smells. So it's it's perfect, and I've been burning it every night. But last night I was looking at it, I'm like, okay, it's like halfway gone already. So. I tried to um, try to like space out my candle usage once they get so low because I want them to last as long as possible, obviously. 
And last but not least, um, feeling dry skin, you want to exfoliate, you want to add some SPF into your routine, don't forget to check out Folane. My uh, beauty ambassador code there for 15% off is REF, R-E-F underscore basic bougie Bridget, B-O-U-G-I-E. That is my personal Instagram name in case you can't remember how to spell it. Use that code and you will get 15% off your purchase. It's a great time of year to invest in some new skincare products. After you've been doing so much for everyone else in terms of shopping, gift giving, give something to yourself, definitely a good time of year to find a nice moisturizer and SPF or combination of both. So today's topic is your vintage kit, K-I-T, kit. So, oh. Chalupa's coming in. She just opened the door. I kicked her out because she was just pacing too much. I, I had eaten a um, croissant and I told Art specifically don't bring in any baked goods um, because I've been trying to lose my vacation poundage. And of course he brought in um, baked goods this morning. So now she's she's scavenging for crumbs. Anyways, today's topic, your vintage kit. So If anybody out there has done any styling work in terms of fashion styling, you know fashion stylists have a kit. Um, It's something that they take with them on photo shoots just in case things go wrong or to freshen things up or make things look better. So you will hear some things in the vintage kit that you would also see in a stylist kit, but there's also some things that I think are a little bit more unique to vintage Um, and some things in here that won't necessarily fit inside of a kit or would go with you for example if you're selling at a flea or selling at a sale Um, but I just think that they're in general good things to have in one central location in your home and then obviously having some sort of vessel to take them in to um, any kind of events now this doesn't necessarily just pertain to vintage sellers I think this is also useful for anybody who has a nice collection of vintage or if your wardrobe is comprised of mostly vintage I think that this definitely pertains to you as well. Um, And obviously, whenever I come up with podcast topics, I try to come up with topics that will appeal. Oh, hang on, guys. Here comes our FedEx truck. Do you hear it? I don't know what sort of fuel these trucks are running on, but oh my God, they are so loud and obnoxious and definitely not good for the environment. So I apologize for any background noise. It's pretty much impossible for me to record in my office and not pick up either a delivery truck or some asshole speeding out of the parking lot next to us because they do like 50 miles an hour out of there when they realistically should be doing like five to 10. So If you ever hear any background noise like that, there's nothing I can do about it. Anyways, back to the vintage kit. Um, I just, you know, I thought this would be a great topic for everybody, no matter what your relationship with vintage is, whether it's a working one or a pleasurable one. I mean, I think everybody's relationship with vintage, I hope, is pleasurable, but not everybody is collecting vintage or keeping vintage for the purpose of selling it, so... Let's talk about what should be in your vintage kit. Okay, first thing, and I think this is kind of just like a no-brainer, is a sewing kit. So needles, sewing needles, thread, chalupa, go lay down. Sorry, guys, I had to give her the boot. Not the literal boot, but the figurative boot. Her nails are just like, she has long quicks, and no matter how 
many times I get them cut at the vet. It's just like clickety clackety. And then a bunch of trucks are going by. So we're starting fresh. Your sewing kit. You should have needles of varying sizes for sure. Thread. Neutral colors. So think white, cream, navy, black. If there's a specific piece you have that you think you're going to have to do work on at some point in time, I would buy that sooner than later and have that in your kit, especially if it's a specific color that you would need to match. Um, And a seam ripper. I have seam rippers. I have one in my office. We have a few here, although they frequently go missing um, because people don't put them back where they belong. Um, So I keep one in my office that nobody is allowed to use. And then I have one at my house. Seam rippers come in handy for just about everything, not just vintage clothing. So definitely a good thing to have on hand at home um, and at work and maybe like even in your purse. They're super cheap and you can get ones like my one that I have at home has a little lid on it. That way you're not like accidentally stabbing your hand Um, when you go looking for it. I think that's probably the safest one to have. Um, next thing in my kit is wool wash. Um, a lot of people use wool light. I'm not that big on wool light. I mean, if it's what you can afford, it's what you can afford. But there are a lot of other companies out there that are selling a much more eco-friendly green option. Um, I'm not going to go into that. That's research you can do on your own. I will just say wool light is not the, um, the cleanest wool detergent that you can use, but a lot of stuff can be hand washed or now you know we have such advanced washing machines that have hand wash and wool and delicate cycles that you can do a lot of stuff at home Um, so i really recommend investing in a good wool wash or even just a delicates wash that you can um you know wash your more delicate vintage pieces in a steamer. I think I've talked about steamers um, in previous episodes. I have a Jiffy handheld travel steamer. Some of you might have like the upright one that's on wheels. It depends really what your budget is, but I'll tell you this much. A steamer is something you'll never regret having because if you're in kind of a time crunch and you don't have time to get out your iron and your ironing board, you can just, you know, plug your steamer in and within minutes kind of get some wrinkles out. I can't guarantee you that you'll be able to get like deep, deep wrinkles out, like some of those you just need to use an iron for. Um, but in a pinch, it, it works. It's better than like trying to turn the shower on and uh, steam them out that way. Um, and the important thing to remember with that is to use uh, distilled water and not any kind of tap water, mostly because um, you, if you have hard water where you live, then that'll that'll affect the quality of the machine and you'll get scaling and stuff like that so it's better just to use distilled water and keep things fresh that way Um, I know where we live in Fresno the water is just super hard and that's not something I ever dealt with growing up but you definitely see the effects on different things um, because of that so let's see what's next scrap fabric um, for patching or patches themselves so whatever you feel like you would want to patch a garment with whether that be a piece of linen cotton denim or like an actual round or square patch 
um, like a vintage kitschy one from like the 70s or the 80s, whatever. Keep keep some of those in a container that you have access to um, because a lot of times when you have a large hole in an item, you need something, you know, for backing. And denim is really one of the best things you can use and it does give it kind of like a cool vintage look. So um, if you can... Um, if you can use denim, I'd say go for it. And, um, you know, obviously, like I said, keep them organized in a container. Now, if you you yourself aren't using a sewing machine to do this, you could obviously maybe give the fabric to whoever's doing the repair for you and specifically request that they use that instead of using whatever it is um, that they would normally apply for that that specific reason. Uh, a pair of scissors. So I like fabric scissors. They're a little on the expensive side, but any scissors will really do. Um, preferably something on the smaller side. I do have a bigger pair of scissors. Actually, they're right here in front of me on my desk. What are these? These are Fiskars. They're quite large though. I like kind of like a smaller kid size scissor. <laughs> um, I think mostly because it's better. I feel like it's more ergonomic for my uh, my hands um, but whatever you have as long as you have some scissors whether it's to cut threads or um, if you don't have a seam ripper obviously you can start ripping a seam just with like a little snip from scissors lots of um, lots of uses there lint brush so why I'm saying brush instead of a roller well obviously we're in this um, like hyper focused mindset of not creating any waste and eliminating one-time use products and as you know lint rollers every sheet you know that's waste so um, a lint brush is a really great investment instead of buying a lint roller um, so we have a few here and honestly I had never used one until I started working here. I always had lint rollers growing up. I remember my mom would like keep one in the car and keep one kind of like in our coat closet. So um, definitely use a lint brush because I feel like they're so much more effective. And if you have two of them, you can kind of use one to clean the other one off and kind of just throw away the, the, like, the balls of fabric. I've been using them for our bandana orders here. For whatever reason, the bandanas have been really fuzzy. Um, and it just, it saves so much waste just using the brush instead of using the, um, the actual roller with the sticky paper sweater shaver so I see a few different versions of these I myself have always used the mechanical ones that usually run on batteries you find them in like the like if you went to I don't know say like Target or something they'd have them in the aisle where the iron and ironing boards and sewing stuff or like sewing kits kind of like the clothing accessories aisle um, closet aisle you'll find them there um, they they work pretty good you just have to be super careful and um, I would, if you're going to use one for the first time, do it on something you don't care about as much because sometimes they can really kind of like rip up and sometimes they can make little holes. And I also have seen sweater shavers that are kind of like a little, it's like a pumice rock. I've never used that. Um, and if anybody has and like would love to give me their two cents on it, I would appreciate it. Um, I suppose that's probably also a more green way to remove lint or not lint but like pills because um, that's the main reason why you'd use a sweater shaver is for pilling 
Um, obviously, with the one I'm using, you're using batteries. Um, so if anybody has any opinions there on the non-mechanical ones, I, I would appreciate that because I personally have not tried them. But regardless, it's a great um, item to have in your kit for pilling and to kind of freshen up um, the look of, of an item because pilling to me is, is I just think it looks kind of gross. I'll definitely reject an item going into an order if it's too pilled. Um, just because I feel like it's there's some good vintage wear and there's some bad vintage wear. By wear, I mean like wear and tear. And uh, pilling to me is just not a good not a good look. Leather cleaner. So I would definitely try to look for a more um, green cleaner version of leather cleaner. Nothing too toxic. And there probably are some recipes on Pinterest for things you can put together maybe to freshen up your leather that aren't something that you'd buy in a store but you can use leather cleaner for shoes purses belts um it really really helps something especially if it's had like water damage or if it's been sitting for years in like a non-temperature controlled environment all good ideas there so i would actually invest in a leather cleaner and also a conditioner sometimes you see them as a two-in-one item not all the time so definitely have some leather products in your arsenal um, that you can freshen up anything that needs it and it really it does make the world of difference with leather it makes it a lot more soft and supple and I mean I know just from riding horses and constantly keeping up with your tack and cleaning your saddles and bridles um, how much leather cleaner can make a big difference Um, and they do sell like sponges that you can use but I would try and use a rag or something that you can wash and reuse again that way you're not being wasteful hem tape um so if for some reason you have something that's vintage like pants and you want to hem them and you don't have access to a sewing machine or you yourself don't know how to sew you can definitely use hem tape Um, in the meantime usually you use a clothing iron and it kind of forms a bond and keeps things held up Um, I've had some stuff that I've used it on that like honestly I didn't even need to do an actual thread seam but I would just in case just to reinforce it but in a pinch it's good to have um, especially I would say for pants because a lot of times you know your pants fit in the waist but they don't the inseam's just too long so it's nice to have that tape for that purpose or a skirt as well measuring tape so i really prefer the soft ribbon ones versus the ones that kind of come out of like the plastic casing um really great for if you're a seller and you're putting things online you 100 percent need a measuring tape or if you're at a thrift store flea market and you're just like buying vintage whether it's for to sell or for your own personal use um, especially for your personal use you should 100% know your measurements a lot of people don't but you should make the effort to learn them because when you're out shopping you can compare what you know about yourself to an item a lot of times people don't have a fitting room for you to try something on so knowing your measurements and having a measuring tape with you while you're shopping is definitely a good thing to do Or if you're selling, it's a good way to figure out, okay, is this too small for my average customer? Is this too big for my average customer? Next thing, which kind of goes hand in hand with scissors, is a rotary cutter. So you know that we process a lot of denim shorts here. And the number one way we do that and cut them, cut the pants to shorts, is with a rotary cutter. 
Um, it is the most clean and effective way to do it. I would recommend also having a ruler so that you can trim along a straight line. And if you're accident prone, you can get gloves to protect your hands that um, the blade won't cut through. But obviously here, we're processing a lot of units. So our employees that use them, um, they're doing it very quickly, but they've been doing it for a long time. Uh, if it's your first it's your first rodeo I would definitely take your time and um, watch your fingers but the important thing is is keeping your blade sharp and clean just kind of like any other thing like with cooking obviously you want your knives to be as sharp to be as efficient as possible same thing with your rotary blade Um, the brand that we switched over to we used to use uh, Fiskars but now we use Ulfa it's like a bright uh, bright yellow kind of like a big bird yellow and they really oh god I didn't have my cover up see practice what you preach Bridget um Ulfa brand is definitely the best it's a little bit more expensive but we feel like it makes a better cut and lasts the blades last longer so buttons uh same thing kind of like I should have had this in the sewing kit I don't know why I didn't I think it was an afterthought but buttons um specifically in neutral colors same kind of go same like along the same lines as um your thread definitely good to have a choice of buttons and you can find um button charts online just to kind of um if for example something falls off of your clothing or a piece you can print out a button chart and measure it up against the chart so you know what to order um, when you're sourcing new buttons that's actually very helpful i don't think a lot of people realize the wide range of button sizes that there are and they kind of just eyeball it but it's important because the slit in the garment was made for a specific size button so if you get something too small it'll be falling out of the hole and if you get something too big it's not going to go through um that's what she said (laughs) anyways um yeah just have a wide range of buttons and find a nice chart for yourself online that you can print out if you can't find one I believe I still have a copy of the woman that I used to source buttons from when I worked at Urban Outfitters I could always send you a copy of that if you're interested uh safety pins and straight pins kind of also fall into the sewing kit but also were afterthoughts um does anybody else out there call the safety pins baby pins because that's what my mom called them and I'm slowly figuring out living in California there are so many things that I said back home that there it's like not a word here um so if that's not a thing let me know but we called them baby pins obviously good to have to keep things together um or if you're taking something in for repairs to a seamstress and also the same thing with straight pins I prefer straight pins I think I can manipulate them better and get like a tighter grip with them so both good things to have in your kit hand sanitizer so obviously when you're working with vintage sourcing vintage um your your hands get dirty So I always have hand sanitizer on me. Uh, And obviously we're talking a lot about a lot of sharp things you'll notice in the kit. You're bound to cut yourself working with vintage. If not with pinning something, cutting something, a lot of vintage items have pins in them. Sometimes they're rusty. Um, So definitely be mindful of that. But like if you're like 
cut yourself with something rusty and you don't have anything else, at least if you have some hand sanitizer to sanitize the cut. Um, and, you know, until maybe you can get a tetanus shot. No, I'm just kidding. I, I haven't really ever had that much of like a bad cut, um, knock on wood, but definitely some pins like in collar, like collar state pins that um, kind of surprised me and pricked my finger. So it's always good to have a way to sanitize your hands should you encounter that sort of issue. Uh, travel clothesline. So I have clotheslines in my backyard. Not everybody is that lucky. Um, something else that just popped into my head too, in my laundry room, uh, my land, my old landlords, before I bought my house, they had put like a tension pole, like a tension curtain rod above the, what I call like a utility sink in my laundry room. So even if you don't buy a travel laundry line, if you do like a tension rod, something that you could, um, hang clothing on that you don't want to put in the dryer, there's plenty of different solutions for that, but like a travel clothesline could be nice if maybe you wanted to hang some stuff up outside in the spring or the summer if it's a nice day so definitely not an expensive investment and something you can do um, in a relatively small amount of time and will obviously save energy and kind of give your clothes that nice crisp fresh outdoor feel laundry symbols chart so just like um just like the button chart it's nice to have a laundry symbol chart because um, a lot of people, myself included, you'll see a symbol on a piece of clothing and you're like, I think I know what that means. So having the chart is super helpful to decipher all of those symbols. And the symbols are pretty universal. Um, You'll see them internationally. So once again, if you don't have access to anything like that, I definitely have a copy of one hanging in my office. I could send you an image of it or send you um, a PDF that way you have something to reference to. So that along with the button chart would be a really um, great idea. And then the last one, um, last suggestion for the kit uh, would be cedar planks or cedar balls, something to naturally um, repel pests. Uh, Sachets are great for like a rolling rack or a hanging rack. Um, I have like cedar planks that have a hanger hook and you can always freshen them up with different type of essential oils. So I would say definitely essential oils would be a great thing to have in your kit as well. I think I brought this up a few episodes ago, but maybe I didn't. Um, cedar wood is great. Um, eucalyptus is great. Clove is great for repelling pests. You can look up online, you know, what pests are um, avoidant of what sense. But it'll make your closet smell nice and it's just like an extra level of protection especially for moths do not use mothballs oh my god they're so toxic and they smell so bad i doubt anybody listening is using those but if you are oh god please please don't it's just it's not good it's not good for the clothes and it's not good for you so finding a natural way to repel pests is really the best way to go about doing that um and kind of leading into pests I am planning on doing a whole um, episode on pests that affect vintage clothing owners that might be boring some of you are probably like yep not gonna listen to that one however I think that um, there are more pests out there that are harmful to clothes than most people realize the first thing people go to are moths which obviously are and can do a lot of damage but there's quite a few out there that you need to also avoid. So that will be um, featured in an upcoming episode. 
So that's really all I have for the vintage kit. If there's something that you feel like I forgot or any questions that you have, obviously please um, please let me know. The best way to get in touch with me is just to use the contact form on the website, which is mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. Um, and yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed that. And maybe you'll start building vintage kits yourself. If you already have one and you want to take a picture and send it um, to me, I'd love to share it on the Instagram just to see maybe maybe you have some different things in yours than what I suggested. And as always, don't forget to check out IGTV. There's some vid- some fun videos that I have posted up on there over time and I plan on doing more. Um, and if you don't know how to get to IGTV, pretty much you're on your main Instagram screen. Uh, you wanna look for like the little TV icon just above your gallery of pictures um, or my gallery of pictures rather, you'd have to be on my profile. And that's one way you can access IGTV. Also, if you have the IGTV app, you can just search for my Best Vintage Life podcast and watch the videos that way. Just another way for me to connect with you guys. And I just wanted to take a second uh, before I sign off to say how sorry I am to um, all my listeners in in Australia. It's just uh, it's it's devastating watching the uh, the news videos and the imagery of um, everything that's going on with the bushfires there right now. Obviously, it's been going on for a long time, and I had hoped that it would stop, uh, but I feel like it's just it's post apocalyptic over there right now, and I. I do have a lot of Australian listeners and they've they you know been very loyal. So I just wanted to say if you yourself or any of your friends or family have been affected or have lost their homes or the worst have lost their lives, I'm I'm so so sorry. And obviously just um keeping you guys in my thoughts and sending good energy your way. Um, obviously aside from the loss of life and the loss of property is is the loss of all the animals that are just perishing over there it's very um, difficult as an animal lover to to see Um, but I am so thankful for all the people there that are risking everything they have to help even the smallest of animals you know I think um I was reading this article how it's easy to get caught up in like the cuddly cute animals and of course I I care about those just as much but you know there's lots of other species insects lizards snakes that that are being affected so I'm thankful for the people that are helping all the creatures out there not just the cute ones because they're also so important to this planet so um you know, please, if if you're in Australia and, and you need help in some way, shape, or form, please, please let me know. And um, to all my other listeners, please do your research and find a good, um, a good organization that you can donate some money to, to, to help the cause, whether that be helping people or helping um, wildlife, whatever you choose. I'm sure it'll be much appreciated and put to good use. And that's... Um, that's all I really have. Sorry for getting emotional again. Jesus, I keep crying. <laughs> but it is a sad, it is a sad thing. And it just, it breaks my heart. So I, I wanted to call that out and make sure that um, my Australian listeners know that I care. So um, in the meantime, keep in touch. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, share with a friend. If you have a friend out there who loves vintage, Um you know, people are always looking for new podcasts to listen to. 
And please stay safe and don't be basic. Bye.